Oh, jeez, Doc. I don't just feel good about anything that I do. What do I got? Well, it seems like you have a bad case of imposter syndrome. Oh, man, Doc. How do I deal with that? I don't even know. Well, it sounds like you need this jam. You're listening to DevMap, the podcast for junior developers and the cure for imposter syndrome. We are here to bring you tips, tricks, and tools of the trade to navigate your career as a developer. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the very first episode of DevMap, episode 001. Today, I have with me the great pleasure to be with our three other co-hosts, Jason Gutierrez, Sukari, I keep on wanting to say John, Jackson Johnson, J, SJ, SJ, and also MKS, short for Mary Catherine Sims. How are y'all doing today? Woo! I'm half awake. (laughs) You're half woke right now. That's good for you, man. It's better than being not woke at all. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because I am like so woke for our first episode today. I know. All right, I'm ready. Me, cool. So since I'm ready, a, <laughs> I'm glad everyone's ready. This is our first episode. We're gonna we're gonna make it. We're gonna do this. All right. So since we're all here, and you know we're all in one way or another junior developers, we're all you know we have some experience in development, and we're all you know working through our ways to the industry. But I think for the very first episode, the, the main thing that we really want to cover and talk about today is how do I get that first development job? And I think all four of us have a different way of us getting into the, uh, into the industry. And so let's talk a little bit about where we came from and then how we got into the industry. And let's start with the billboard of the year, Sakari J. <laughs> dun, dun. Okay. So I was a single mom working at a great clip salon and um, I really wanted to move up there, but I also really loved coding. Um, So I basically decided to quit my job at great clips, kind of give the management there who didn't like me and didn't want me to move up the middle finger and went to code up, learned how to code, got a developer job. And now here I am causing drama on Facebook. It's the only place to cause drama, let's be honest. That hot take. All right, what about you, Jason? Where are you from? Tell us about your tell about yourself. Tell me about yourself. Um uh yeah, so before uh code up I um was in the military for about ten years. Um uh, got out, uh was prepping for med school. Uh, I felt like I got a little burnt out, so then I just tried to get into the tech industry i was actually doing the smartphone repairs if you remember that for a little while um but then i was also freelancing doing um like small wordpress sites php development uh, but then i really wanted to get into something more so uh, i joined uh, i had an opportunity to uh, get into code up and went through it enjoyed it lots of fun i like the environment the tech environment actually uh, oh the tech environment um, yes yeah um, and, um, after that, I was actually a, um, a student fellow for a little while, uh, and then I got hired. So yeah, that's where I'm at now. Sweet dude. All right. MKS, tell us your story. Me? Uh, well, 
I have to be honest. I'm not sure if I'm the best podcast host, but um, I got the voice for radio. But um, I have been in the restaurant industry for 10 years. I was out in San Francisco for three, working at um, some Michelin star restaurants, managing out there. Um, Qua and SPQR, if you're in the food industry, shout out. Um, and then um, I, the reason why I actually moved into tech was uh, I wanted to start up breakfast tacos out in San Francisco, but um, it was just re it's really hard to get a, a restaurant off the ground, um, you know, with so many moving parts. And so I I kind of felt discouraged and wanted to find a way for, to empower myself. Um, by being able to build things and build community, uh, that was going to be the idea behind uh, the Taco Project. But um, uh, so I saw uh, CodeUp's website and I applied, and Dimitri was the most lovely interviewer. And uh, I just got to say, Zach um, and Ryan from CodeUp absolutely changed my life. Uh, I still think about things that it taught me on a daily basis. And um, yeah, I've just been working with. Uh, the San Antonio Coding uh, Challenge and uh, Women in Technology, two groups with great meetups here in San Antonio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram under the name Taco Buddy, because I like Sweet. tacos, if Sweet. I haven't said enough. <laughs> well, if you're going to be doing tacos anything, I think San Antonio is going to be a really great place to start. I agree. Can you hear me eating a taco right now? <laughs> Not yet, but it'll probably show up later on the recording. Now I, I can. Yeah, yes! there it is. I'm going to have a, a sidekick assistant or like a sidekick for my little segments. A little taco sidekick. <laughs> my friends, Bean and Cheese. <gasps> yes. <laughs> what about you, Omar? Can you tell us about you? I'm, I know I'm not great at uh, segues, but. That was a pretty good segue. So. <laughs> Uh, so for me, uh, I uh, graduated from UTSA here in town in San Antonio uh, with a degree in English and with an emphasis in creative writing. And uh, when I graduated, I knew I wasn't going to go anywhere with that degree. I'm like, who does anything with like an English degree unless you're going to go back into education and teach people? So what I decided to do was like, let me get out of Texas. Let me get out of the United States. Let me get off world and let me go to China. And uh, there, or actually I went to Korea first and then I went to China and I spent uh, like over a year like in those two countries. And so I came back and didn't, didn't really have much to do. Like people don't really care if you have international experience in San Antonio. So I ended up doing this, I worked in a retail store. From the retail store, I ended up uh, diving into the startup area because there was a job posting on UTSA Ratty Jobs and it was for a social media marketer for a startup called Par Level Systems. And so from that little uh, a beginning, if you will, is where I got introduced to programming. And so after that, I was a community manager for Geekdom, which is a co-working space in San Antonio. And, and from there, I was invited by Michael Girdley to work uh, at CodeUp for the very first cohort um, of CodeUp. Uh, the arch is CodeUp, always will be number one. And so... <laughs> It was uh, it was from there where I learned how to. I was classically trained in PHP, JavaScript, and you know how to meet ladies HTML. Nice. <laughs> and, I, don't, I don't think we got that class. Yeah. Well, you know, it'll 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 come eventually. But <laughs> <laughs> and um, 
after that, I got a job in a security uh, defense contractor called DefLogix, and I worked there for over three years. And I transitioned over to threat hunting uh, and being a sales engineer for a threat hunting uh, company called Infosight. We're also a startup here in San, in, in San Antonio, but we're based out of Austin. So I come in with a, a security uh, perspective. And I think we all come with very different perspectives as well. And I think that's what's going to make this podcast really interesting to listen to because we all have different things to say and different ways to look at the same uh, topics. Speaking yeah. of talking about topics, let's go ahead and dive in to how does a person get that first job? So what is the first step that we should take if we're going to do any sort of job hunting whatsoever? Okay, so the first step that we should take, assuming that you have you know, your LinkedIn's ready, you have, you have your resume ready, it's perfectly polished. Mine's pink, just want to point that out, um, and scented. So, awesome. <laughs> thank you. Um, and once you have your resume and you're in, you know, whatever way that you format you like it to be, and you're passing it around. So before, and you have, when you have your first job interview lined up, we should talk about preparing for it. Should we just segue into talking about preparing? Yeah, can I just say one thing about the resume? I saw Omar tweet it a few days back and it's honestly probably the difference between them even reading your resume or not. It's just uh, way easier on the hiring um, uh, uh, manager or person is, uh, I'm sure you guys all know this, but don't save your resume under like mksresume.doc. That might be helpful or sorry, I <laughs> you should save it under your name, not something like my resume. Like, you, Omar, can you help me with that? <laughs> sorry. Yeah. So as the author of the tweet, uh, what I was saying was uh, I'm doing some hiring right now for Infosight, and I've gotten a bunch of resumes that were all with the, uh, the file title, my underscore resume, my resume, updated resume, resume.docx or .pdf. You know, whatever. It's just if I want, and I'm I'm putting all of these resumes into a folder. And if right. you're going to ask me to go back to the email to find out that you sent that one resume, you're wasting my time, right? right. It's just a matter of respect, and it's just a matter mm -hmm. of convenience. Because if you want a job at a place that they do development, it really helps if you have attention to detail. Mm -hmm. So that is right then, then and there a first impression. And if you're not impressing us on the first impression, it doesn't really give us any incentive to continue having a conversation with you. Yay. Sound. We need to do the sound effects of like people clapping. Someone is like, yay. Yay. <laughs> this yeah. isn't the view, guys. This is just a yeah, podcast. Right? We'll get it. We'll, we'll find a way to get in there. So like if you want to say yay, just like Let's pause for that little section, right? And then we can add that sound effect in later. <laughs> cool. I like so if I, there's like, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, it's it's fine. It's fine. So let's say, for example, you've uh, you know you picked out a place that you want to go apply to. So then, what's next, right? Uh, you've you've applied to it. Uh, what do you want to do with that company? Like, what do you know about that company? Should you be doing research on that company? Who do you talk to at that company? You know, what are some strategies on how to get a leg up during, even before that interview happens? So um, I personally uh, think that once you have 
your resume in place. What helps is adding the um, hiring managers on LinkedIn and shooting them a quick message saying like, hi, I see that you work at this place. Um, let's just call it Biscuit IO, because that's the first thing that came to mind. Hi, I see that you're the, you trademark, work at- Trademark, Yeah, trademark. Biscuit IO. Um, I'm currently in the job market and I would just like to connect with you and keep it simple, stuff like that. You know, so they, you know, when your resume goes through their like system, they see, oh, um, so-and-so added me on LinkedIn and let me see what their resume looks like in their LinkedIn resume. So they also have like a face to your resume because I mean, hiring managers get tons and I'm pretty sure right. Omar knows this from, you know, hiring right now, you get tons of resumes from people and it helps to have a face to a name so they can see, you know, that you're an individual person and not just a, a, a paper pretty much or a document should I say because we do paper resumes are kind of rare nowadays in our in our field I feel like mm -hmm. unless you're at like a meetup or something or the tech fair right the yeah in-person things the job fairs heads up I'm not great <laughs> at this part so probably in future episodes I'm going to be more on the back end so I'll be involved in on the uh, discord if you want to join us but um maybe it's not so great at uh talking too much oh is that awkward i'm sorry <laughs> no, you're good you're good um I, I was just gonna add another tip if you are in um if, if you have a uh, connection on linkedin and you are applying it to the same uh, company linkedin has provided a new um, feature where you can request a reference from whoever you have as uh, with it that's within your network um, to give you a reference um, to the hiring manager. So I think that's pretty cool. That's really cool. I didn't even know that it existed because I was wondering why it kept telling me that like you have three friends that work at USAA. Ask for a recommendation, and I'm like, what? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's what it is. And and so LinkedIn has actually uh, done a study. And said that uh, their numbers were um, eighty percent of resumes or applications that have a reference through LinkedIn are looked at more uh, often and go th uh, past that first uh, screening. That's awesome. Eighty percent. Yeah, that's what it said. That's a huge margin. Yeah. The, uh, the other um, uh, LinkedIn. Uh, feature that uh, I learned about, you can turn on um, find users nearby. Uh, so if you're at a tech meetup or a job, um, I don't know why I'm having such trouble saying that. Job fair. It's a fair Thank of jobs. Thank you. It's a fair of jobs, carnival. But um, if you end up at one of those, uh, it's a great way to just, you know, cl click it right there. Sakari, I had a question. When you're sending, um, you know, kind of just the the nudge or reaching out to the uh, employer through LinkedIn, how how soon do you do that after sending your resume? Before, after, what do you recommend? Um, so um, I'm just following advice that I learned from Stephen Salas over at CodeUp, and uh, once again, CodeUp is our arch. <laughs> 
Um, basically, he told me as soon as you apply and you've sent in, um, I personally like to play like the like like the like the the upper hand a little bit sometimes. And like what I'll do is I'll wait and till like I want to say like a week after I put my resume in, and then I'll go ahead and reach out and add them. Um, because most of the time, especially in San Antonio, the tech community here, it's kind of, um, excuse me from using this word, incestuous, if you must. So if you know someone that works at a tech company, you probably have like three or four other connections that know them. So if you add them as well, it's not too too awkward or too far out as well. So um there is a person that through a job that I was trying to get, and I'm going to omit names um, for professional purposes. And I had applied to their job. And then when I went to add them on LinkedIn, we had a mutual connection. My friend from Houston, Christina, who had also applied for that position as well and hadn't and had known her. And because of that, she was able to personally look on at my resume and um, tell me like, hey, um, you know, thanks for the connection. I saw your resume and she also told me that they're looking for someone with more experience, but that's okay. That's fine. Happens when you're a junior developer, but it's always good to know that you have the skill set that you need for the job, but you just don't have the years and that's okay. You'll, you'll find places that where that doesn't matter. That's awesome. Cool. Yeah. So one of the things as someone who's hired people before is I really like it when a person comes in and they know a lot about your company. It shows me that they care enough. And this this is not just a stepping stone from them. Because usually when I hear in interviews are, are people like, yeah, you know, I'm really interested in, you know, this thing that you guys do. And <laughs> voice. You know, I've always been, you know, really uh, you know, into this. And it's like, okay, well, tell me about what you think we do. Uh, you know, <laughs> balloon animals, obviously. Yeah, of course. Like, welcome to clown school. But it's uh, it when I see that, it's like, okay, look, you're just trying to sell me something that you don't really have anything to back up with. So let's just be sincere here, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So if you don't know what we do, that's fine. We're looking for someone that we want to work with. But if you are interested in what we do, you know, I expect you to actually act on that interest and actually learn about what we do, connect with us. Now, again, this is time consuming. I don't mm -hmm. expect that you do this for every single position that you want to go to, but the position that you want or the positions that you want, that you feel that, you know what, I need every advantage on my under my belt so I can go after this job. I would recommend doing a lot of these different strategies at the same time for the ones that you really strongly want to go after. It's it's not enough just to send a resume and an email says like, hey, I'm alive. It's it's more like it's going to be a full-time job just to get a job. Absolutely. Would, would you say like that having that research would compensate or offset um, if you didn't have the experience uh, needed for that position. Like you have some experience, but you don't have everything. So compared to someone who, uh, on the opposite, they have every uh, expectation and they meet every check mark, but they don't have or they don't express that interest in your company. So the way you want to think about a job posting is that a job posting is a cry for help. 
And if you think of job postings like this, obviously they're going to put a lot of information in there. They're going to have the requirements and nice to haves. Sure, the nice to haves for them, you know, would give you certain advantages. But in terms of uh, how you're going to approach it, if you can identify the problem that they're trying to solve or just ask them like, you know, what is this role supposed to fulfill? Like, what is it that you all need? Or talk to people in the organization that you may know that says like, yeah, I'm familiar with this. You know, someone just dropped out. They have some deadlines. They really need someone to come in and, and pick up the slack. If you can prove your value on day one, just through the interviews, then that gives you a lot of advantage because a lot of the skills that we're going to be dealing with as developers, that's something that's going to come along the way. What you're really trying to prove to this interviewer is that one, you have the ability to learn. Two, you have the ability to solve a problem that they're, they're having right now. And three, you're going to be providing continuous value down the line. You're not, going, you're not just going to looking here to sit here until you find the next thing because hiring is also a very risky thing. So right. if, if and expensive. Yeah, and, and it can be expensive depending on how much you know time and resources you put into finding somebody. You know, putting out job postings out there can be very expensive. If you're going through recruiters, you're gonna be paying twenty to thirty to forty percent or, or however high ridiculously yeah. high it gets of that person's first year salary just to bring them in. Which is why a lot of companies nowadays are doing contract to hire, like Rackspace, USAA, they're doing this contract to hire stuff just so it minimizes the risk to them because right. it can be so expensive. And because there is an influx of, you know, junior developers in San Antonio because of these different coding schools that we have, you know, they also want to minimize that risk. You know, they don't want to get anybody from a, a coding bootcamp and say, hey, oh, this person, because they spent 600 plus hours coding, you know, they must be really good at what they do. You know, there's still a level of risk involved there. All of the, a lot of the risk is mitigated because of that bootcamp. So yeah. again, Job postings are a cry for help and then let them know how you can help them. That's going to make a huge difference. So that more than likely can make up for a difference in terms of the overall requirements to say like, you know, I don't have like 16 years in Rust, which is a language that came out like, you know, like five or 10 years ago, not even that long ago. <laughs> Rusty. But, um, but I do have experience in lower level programming, for example, or I do have experience um, building these type of applications that dealt with these types of problems. So as developers, we have to understand the problems before we're able to solve them. The same thing when you're dealing with people, you have to understand the problems that they're dealing with before you can say, I can solve this. Exactly. Um, you know, on Omar's point uh, about researching the company, I would say, that's one of the biggest things you can do for yourself and don't see it as um, homework. I think what's really great uh, about kind of the ubiquitous nature of, uh, pro you know, promoting businesses online is you get to learn a lot about them through, you know, their website, their mission statement, um, press releases, what's going on with them. You know, if they have social media feeds, kind of getting a sense of the, uh, you know, climate or, you know, kind of the vibe at the place. Um, don't just see it as like more homework and stuff you have to do. I think it's a really great way of one demonstrating real interest and seeing if it would be a good fit. Uh, whenever you walk into that inf that interview, you're just kind of arming yourself with more knowledge to have a have a real conversation. Because you know, while the excuse me, while the uh, 
while the advice is to apply to a lot of places, keep applying, use that Trello board, you know, make sure that you're putting your best foot forward, interviewing every day like it's your job um, and reaching out to people. You should also, you know, uh, you know, essentially, if you're putting your name behind it, do do something well. That yes, sounded way more eloquent in my head, y'all. Sorry about that's that. That's okay. Um, and to, you know, kind of track on what you're saying, you should always also, if you're applying to a position and you really want this position, like you read the description, it, it matches you perfectly to a T. It's literally your resume. What you should also do in addition to, you know, following the skills, following the skills, sorry, following the tips of, you know, reaching out to the hiring manager on LinkedIn and such, you, you should always follow up always and see and reach back out especially if this job is perfect for you more than more than anything they probably probably haven't gotten to your resume just yet or the opposite end they filled the position but they haven't taken the job listing down so always follow up if you want this job if it's your resume follow up that way you don't feel like you've missed out on anything and That's always send a thank you right omar like we're from Texas. We got to have those manners. Yeah, you could. I mean, it, it does like help us like, oh, you know, the person we talk to, it helps us keep that person in mind. And it also sets you apart because I can tell you this much. It is so rare when people really actually follow up and say thank you. I kid you not. You know, I'm, I worked in a lot of small companies and I haven't worked in a big company before because if I did work in a big company, I wouldn't be doing hiring. But in the small companies that I've been working for, you know, I've gotten maybe a handful of thank yous. Uh, actually, what? Actually oh my one, God. one person sent a card, one person out of the years I've been doing this. So, I mean, it, it, it differentiates you and it, it makes us think about you more. Um, we didn't hire the guy that sent us the, uh, the thank you. <laughs> he didn't, he didn't have the experience, but he was uh, up there. He's he was considered. definitely up there. Like if the other person had dropped out, he was this, the next person that we were going to call, right? He was the next person that we wanted to talk to. He was incredibly gregarious and like talked our CEO's ear off about hydroponics. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> I still remember him because of that. He made himself right. memorable, you know? Right. So uh, my favorite. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead sorry. Go ahead, Mary. Go ahead. Oh, no, I just, um, I don't know if you guys want to steal my uh, little trick or my little trick of the trade um, with Velocity Texas. Shout out to Jorge and Alex. Um, whenever I wanted to give them a big thank you shout out, I sent, I brought over some, a big bag of brown tacos, of course, uh, over to the office. They're cheap and tacos make people feel good. I think just small gestures like that to show appreciation for someone's time, um, you know, in an appropriate way. Don't be sending, you know, expensive gifts or, or flowers, but, you know, a cool postcard or, you know, a nice email or LinkedIn follow-up goes a really long way. Question. What is a brown taco? Brown bag full of tacos. Like it has to have some weight. There's maybe seven or eight tacos in there. Oh, a brown bag. They say the brown taco. Like, are you sure that was a taco? Uh, oh, I, no. I felt like I heard the same thing too. But, Brown you know, talker. I think I'm just nervous to talk, y'all. I'm sorry. No, you're good. You're she's, good. She's like yeah. skipping words. <laughs> like, yeah, I she's let me, taco. Let me get and, back in the booth. I want to get back. Yeah. Brown bag of tacos. I'm looking at one right now. That's so embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> 
mis- misinterpreting nice. you know what people say that that can be a an after effect of not having a good night's sleep before an, you know an interview so uh you know you should always find ways to um to uh, prepare yourself for the uh, you know the, the following day so what would be um your guys's tips on preparing the night before get a good I night's can talk- sleep yeah, I can talk about the scary stuff, and then we can go into real advice rather than ending on the. Ooh. Yes. No, let's, let's keep this positive because <laughs> you are people. You know, there are you already freaked out. You know, you finally landed it. You got the attention. They like what you got. They really want to meet you, and then um, freaking out in your head about what's going to happen. Definitely try not to do that. Think positive thoughts. Um, yeah. what, what I like to do. In particular, personally speaking, the night before a big interview is I like to go to try to go to bed early and because I know I'm going to just lie awake at night thinking about it. So if I can put myself in bed at 10 p.m. and by the time if I have my interviews at like nine or like eight or something, I don't know why I'm giving early time. So I've literally never had an interview that early. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um so if i my interview is at like 10 okay yeah 10 a.m uh the my first job when i interviewed was at 10 a.m so um if the interview is at 10 a.m put myself to bed at, at 10 p.m that way i can t- toss and turn and lie awake at night and look at my phone because i'm nervous until about one and still get a good night's sleep oh my goodness yeah that's, that's well, pretty good advice my advice um on sakari's is that's my notorious uh you know, pitfall is, you know, getting in bed at 10 o'clock and then staying awake till, you know, 3 a.m. or 5 a.m. because I'm just so stressed out about the possibilities of what could go wrong. So uh, some tips that I've learned would be, um, you know, when you're nervous, refocus that nervous energy into work. So, you know, there's so many great resources online on, you know, practicing or coaching possible interview questions, Um, you know, really going over your resume and thinking about, you know, what potential questions they could ask. Again, researching the company and seeing um, what in particular you're gonna bring to that specific job, especially if you don't have as much experience. If you're, if you're, ner- if you're nervous about hearing that no. Uh, the other thing I would say is to review all of these materials right before you go to bed, you know, the whole, you know, kind of sleeping, dreaming about it. And first thing when you get up, I would definitely suggest um, uh, you know, I'm one of those people who loves to sleep in. So uh, setting your alarm, you know, with plenty of time, go get breakfast, breakfast, brown tacos or whatever I said, go get breakfast, <laughs> go get coffee, get in the mode. So you're not stressed running there late parking. I mean, really set yourself up for success because, you know, if anything, if they say no, they say no. But if anything, you're just practicing and polishing your own skills to be a professional, presentable um, employee. And, um, you know, the interview practice is the interview. I say practice, but interviews aren't just for the employer. It's also a chance for you to ask questions that hopefully you've researched on the company. You know, what is the direction that they're going? Uh, You know, how how you could best contribute. And um, someone cut me off, please. Thank you. I'll just keep going. Yeah, I'm going to quickly interject and say what you're saying, um, but make sure that you are doing this, um, I want to say, 
uh, at least five hours before bed because you will obsess about it and you'll think about it and you won't be able to sleep. And then by the time your interview happens, they're going to ask you your name and you're going to say uh, potato. And then they're going to be like, uh, hello, who? Hello, I- I'm a brown taco. Yeah. <laughs> so please try to do all your research with the, about the company um, and ask. Um, there's tons of pages as well that have like Java developer interview questions, like common ones. Study those, take notes on them, but try to do it at least five hours before bedtime. So if you yeah. wake up in the middle of the night and you can't go back to sleep, you can read one. We probably shouldn't. I'm just going to say try not to but if you if you absolutely positively have to like you're like i'm so nervous i need to at least just read one thing um like read like one thing and try to go back to bed because also um i'm pretty sure everyone knows this being exposed to blue light before bed and while you're trying to sleep is not good for you and it has been shown to interrupt your sleep patterns i had a boyfriend who called me uh uh, blue face or blue light face or something like that. Ex-boyfriend, sorry. Were you into like choking or something? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh my goodness, no! <laughs> you into, like it's the a... blue man group? Like what is Yeah, this? what's going on? <laughs> I just blew myself like Tobias. No, um, yeah. yeah, taking your phone or computer into bed is very, very unhealthy for sleep hygiene. Shout out, dad. You know. I, uh... <laughs> uh, I'm always like I, I, I'm insomnia why can't I sleep he's like stop bringing your computer and your phone into bed I'm like but I love reading things yeah um it, it's book. funny because a lot of the new device uh, read a book uh, all the devices most most devices now uh have um like uh apple uh, products have um the night shift mode um and so they'll filter out the blue light and Samsung has the blue light filter built in. Look at um, this guy. But there's this, also this high roller Apple and Samsung yeah. products. Yeah. Like, geez, bro. Yeah. Well, you know, most Android. <laughs> uh, well, I, actually, any 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 screen that has an OLED screen will have the built-in capability to um, do blue light filtering. Um, so I have a program on my Mac um, before uh, Apple added in the um, feature it was called it's called flux yeah and it's, uh, f. Lux. yeah um so i use that a lot and just to kind of you know uh, piggyback off of what sukari was saying um you know I, I uh i i use just that to filter out the blue light and i always use it at work as well because blue light does cause a lot of eye strain and since we're developers we're always looking at a screen and so um if I can look at the screen longer and be more productive, then I think that helps. Um, uh, also, my quick tip on uh, two quick tips. Um, I reference a good website, um, and I've actually paid for it. It's called www.fullstack.cafe. Um, it's a really good repository for interview questions. Um, I posted the link. Um, and we can post that on the show notes later. Um, but it's a really good um, a repository for all these kinds of questions. You can kind of like, I didn't know that they were going to ask this, or what's a really good, uh, clear and concise way to answer this tech question or this interview question. And um, that's what I usually reference. What's um, the name of that again? Uh, yeah, so it's stack dot cafe and yeah uh, 
Um, and at night, I have really trouble. Like, I kind of, like, overthink a lot. And I wouldn't recommend this for everyone, but, I, I, you know, this is just me personally. So I would take, um, like, just a little bit of ZQL and know that ZQL will, like, knock me out for about eight hours. So I got to make sure I'm in bed 10 o'clock. So that way, or at least I take it at 10 o'clock and and know that I'm going to be out for eight hours. So, and question. that's a really good idea. Yeah, ZQL is awesome. Hold on, hold on. Are we talking about your ZQL or are you talking about my ZQL? Nice. Oh. <laughs> uh, can you please uh, turn that into an ad for ZQL? <laughs> How do we get them to sponsor us? <laughs> it's like, well... Uh, you guys might be taking ZQL. I just take SQL that knocks me out for eight hours because that shit is hard. <laughs> yeah, Do you like to truncate tables in your dreams? <laughs> I just got all the left joins and the right joins, middle joins. Help me. Sakari, I literally just got that. That is hilarious. Say it Thanks. again for the people in the back. <laughs> I forgot what I said. <laughs> I so forgot. I so there's a there's a, a point that was brought up a little bit earlier that I think is uh, something that is going to be has to be its own show, and it's about the technical part of the interview. How do you prepare for that? Because right now we've been talking a lot about just the general get to know you type of interview, but we haven't really talked about how to master that technical interview. So let's let's leave that topic for another podcast. But we're in the interview. What are some of the things that we should do while we're talking to that person? Do we want to, uh, you know, what sort of questions should we be asking the interviewer to show them our interest, to show them that we know certain things, you know, or just to, for our own edification to get to know about those things? What are some things that we should do to let them know that, hey, we are really interested and we really want to make this work for both of us? Um, so, oh, go ahead. Uh, so I think the biggest thing for me is making sure that your body language is sending the right message. So, um, no have, touching. yeah, no uh, touching, no touching, no caressing the face your, of the interviewer. Don't, don't <laughs> cross your arms. Don't cross your arms. That was a great uh, question. Don't cross. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, just open and, and look at the person in the eye not creepy wise but like yes. you know just when you're interacting with them and when you're you're speaking to them um because i think it's it's uh, disengaging i think if you're like looking away or you can't make that eye contact right um and then the, the other piece is um i would uh what's the question again omar <laughs> So we're in the interview and we want them to know that we're interested. We, what should we, what are some techniques that we employ during the interview? Yeah. So, um, if, if I'm asking the interviewer questions, usually I would ask, how would you, or how does your company, uh, gauge my understanding of, you know, goals and requirements that you have of me within like mm -hmm. 90 days? So that way we both have like, how are you going to test me if I know that I'm meeting your requirements mm -hmm. and just basically how, how are you giving me feedback? That's one of my questions I usually ask. Yeah, that's a great one. Um, if I can expand on Jason's awesome point, uh, I think what, what ends up happening is 
you know, you read so many of these interview uh, tips and tips and tricks for, uh, you know, coming across as confident and, you know, making eye contact and not fidgeting. I think the biggest thing to um, y'all keep messaging on the board. (laughs) I'm so distracted, but uh, (laughs) don't don't pay attention to that. (laughs) I know. How do I mute it on discord? But uh, you can't. Oh, you can't. Okay. Just minimize it. (laughs) That's all you got to do. All right. So, um, uh, edit starting here. So, uh, going back on, um, what Jason was saying in terms of, you know, eye contact with the, uh, interviewer, not fidgeting, um, presenting yourself as the most confident, you know, shaking a nice handshake and, uh, uh, direct, but not like too long eye contact without blinking. Uh, I think the biggest part is, you know, rather than thinking so much about, you know, your body language or what you're, what you're sending is um, just, I know this is the hardest thing to do and it's um, hilarious to hear, you know, that, given that advice, but honestly be yourself. Um, if you're genuine and if you're open and if you're not trying to present yourself as arrogant, um, you know, as a, you know, someone in this position when you might be nervous, just be yourself, be confident. Uh, you know, they talk about studies of doing power stances or power poses right before you go in the interview. And um, just, you know, um, if you, again, this is a practice art. A lot of people who are introverts or not good at, you know, interviews or public speaking can practice enough to get to the point where, uh, uh, you know, they nail it. So again, you know, practice, know, kind of know what you're going to say, rehearse some of that stuff. Uh, even looking in the mirror or practicing with, I think the big part um, of this whole interview process is having friends in the industry or um, a mentor, you know, uh, someone that can kind of lead you through the process. Yeah. And yeah, no, make, you're not um, supposed to make sure you lick your lips when looking at them. No, that is not a thing. <laughs> oh my God. Quit reading the notes, Mary. Don't read them. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. Oh my God. I want to know our true self. Uh, yeah. All right. Oh so another thing is, so a lot of people in our industry, uh, they tend not to be uh, social. They're right. social online. They have like their online and they are comfortable being separate from people. But when they're confronted with people who have a different personality style, maybe different interests, whatever that is, it's it can be intimidating to talk to mm-hmm. somebody especially after you know you're trying to get a job with them right you don't want them to feel like you are you you can't fit in or or you can't be a part of it so right. really it it helps to ask questions appropriate questions obviously but when i mean appropriate questions i mean ask questions about the interviewer ask questions about the people that you're working with or or mm-hmm. you want to be working with ask questions about the organization what is their culture like uh, how do people find success in in the environment how are people challenged in the environment how are people's progress and their um how are their kpi kpis me- uh, measured or, or key performance indicators how are those measured uh what are the advancements or the uh, opportunities for advancement in the organization uh how can i learn more in this organization where how can i grow in this organization uh, what sort of things can I do to help others grow in this organization? Because really, it's a job is not about you, and it's not about the company. A job is a mutual uh, agreement between the person who will be doing the work and the person who is asking the work to be done. 
And if at any point that uh, the needs are not met by any side, they can separate that, right? They can separate that contract. You know, at least in Texas, it's at will employment. So you can move around as much as you want to. It may look bad on your resume, but let's just say, for example, you're having a hard time finding a place that you're fitting in. This happens a lot in our industry too, since we do have a lot of mobility in terms of where we can go. But it really helps to let them know you know, what you need and, and the way that you are and that you're interested in fitting in and providing value and they're interested in helping you get to where you want to go. It has to be a mutually beneficial agreement between you and the company. And that's the only way that this really works. A lot of people tend to think like, you know, oh, I'm being taken advantage of or, you know, I'm not being made, I'm not being given as much as I, I need to earn or, or whatever that is. They, they feel like they're the victims. But really, at the end of the day, every person in every organization has the power to move around. They can uh, leave a company. They can figure out how to make things better. It's just a matter of how much of that control do I have? And knowing going in the first day, I have that amount of control. They're, they're going to be set to go and set to, be, set to be successful in that organization. Those are all awesome points, man. Super awesome. <laughs> Um, I also like, because um, I've been placed uh, twice now by recruiters, um, something I like to do, um, and that it, that proves helpful for me, is asking them exactly what stack they're using, because I know recruiters, they, you know, they have a job interview, and they have a, not job interview, sorry, they have a job description that they're given by the employers when they're looking to place a candidate in their office. And sometimes recruiters, they don't, a lot of, some of them aren't tech savvy and they don't know about the languages that we use. So I like to ask like, hey, I see that you guys, like I'm gonna use Angular as an example because Angular has like two different modes and people either use like, I'm lying. Angular has like six and um, people either use, either use the older version, Angular 2, or like the other newer version. Angular 4. There we go. So um, I always like to ask, so I, you know, I, you know, I know exactly, I know what the recruiter gave me, but I want to ask you personally, what exact stack are you guys using here? What is the back end, especially if it's a front end position, it always really helps to ask what the back end is like so you know exactly what you're getting yourself into so i always like to ask what's your stack what exact languages are you using i see on this it says angular but what version of angular are we using are you using one x or are you using angular 2 or angular 4. same with react react is another one of those tricky languages are you using react are you using react redux are you using redux which one is are you using? It's always good to come in knowing that you're well-versed and that there is differences. And also it kind of impresses the interviewer as well that, hey, like, okay, they're interviewing for this position and they're not all smoke and mirrors. Yeah, that's very good. That's a great, really, and, really and great you point. Could, you could maybe follow up that with that question and ask, is this position that, uh, that um, it didn't, maybe it didn't describe it in, in the, um, when the hiring mat or where the job post was but if you can ask them um is this position going to have a lot more um green field or brown field um brown tacos no, <laughs> no. so like are you gonna delete, delete on, yeah Keep so you're it. gonna be working more on like new stuff or are you gonna be working on more maintenance and so that way you have a better idea of like i'm gonna be looking at 
um, debugging code or, or yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Am I going to be creating new stuff or am I going to actually be having to do a lot of maintenance stuff? And actually maintenance stuff is not even like, it should be like frowned upon or you shouldn't be like, uh, like looking at it because you can go look at someone and then it helps you be a better developer in my opinion, because you're going to go look at somebody's code, interpret it and you, and then um, look at them and say, is this written well enough so that I can jump in or now is it not written well and I have to be mindful and, you know, write it in, in a way so that if I have, if someone else has to inherit it, that they won't have the same, you know, onboarding experience as me. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I think at this point we should leave it here because I know there's a lot more that we can talk about. And I know that we want to talk more about this in a future episode. So let's just kind of like put a bookmark into this and make the next episode about mastering that technical interview. Um, but for now, uh, we're going to sign out. Thank you all for, so much for you know catching this episode of DevMap. This is our very first one. So if you do have comments, feedback, or you want to tell us how much we are awesome, you know, please reach out to us at... Uh, what's our Twitter handle? Someone tell me that. It's our first episode. Come on. <laughs> oh, I'm in charge of that. I just would be expected to ask that question right now. Hold on. It should like, be DevMap Podcast. Duh. It's just DevMap Podcast. At DevMap Podcast. On Twitter right. and uh, Instagram. Sorry. <laughs> so reach out to us at DevMap Podcast on Twitter, or you can email us at DevMapTeam at gmail.com, and you might get a shout out on our show. And if there is a brave person out there who is a hiring manager or a recruiter or someone that wants to be interviewed on this podcast so we can talk about this from your perspective and learn from you, please let us know. Hit us up on Twitter, DevMap Podcast, or on our email, devmapteam at gmail.com. So for now, this is Omar. This is Jason. This is Sukari, not Brown Taco. Oh my gosh, I'll never live that down. This is Mary, and I'll see y'all soon. <laughs> and we'll catch you next time on the next episode of Dev Map. Bye! Hey. Turns off computer. <laughs>